Anyway, all right. Well, let's get this over with. Okay. Uh, not that I'm trying to rush out of here, but you've got time. Gosh, you've got all, all the time, time in the world. world. <laughs> me, just me and the dog till tomorrow. Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome back to Season 2 of Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I am your host for this episode, Jason. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Eric. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you, man? Hey, another quick sidebar. I like doing these sidebars. But um, <laughs> Did you ever have a department store in your area when you were a kid that had like several floors that you used an elevator on? Uh, ever have that experience? No. Our mall, no? Was, our mall was one story. So you had a... Mainly a mall. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in a small town, and there was a, a very old department store downtown that went back to, I think, the 20s or 30s. And it was five, I think, five floors. Wow. Uh, so I remember, as a kid, doing that whole thing where you walk in, uh, the, the bottom floor was like jewelry, and there was some clothes and stuff down there. But you walked over to the elevator. There was actually a person in there that operated it for you. Really? You had the old like metal gate that they closed and then the doors would close. You told them what floor, you know, I was always the fifth floor up to the toys. So uh, wow. I had that experience as a kid. And now that same building is a thrift store, like a, a, a thrift mall. All so five floors? it goes up. Just three floors. Oh. So, like, the it's got one floor that's all just mainly furniture, but yeah, two full floors of just booths of thrift items. And that's it's so... I, I have to go there every time I go home now. <laughs> uh, just because I, I remember Light Singers. It was called Light Singers when I was a kid. I remember yeah. going to that store, getting on that elevator, and going up to the fifth floor to look at toys. That's <laughs> while awesome. My mom what a great, what a great memory. Yeah, my mom would be in another floor. Totally, you know, I was all by myself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that that era. So anyway, now I will say we there. didn't we didn't have a department store, but I knew a guy in uh, elementary school whose house had a elevator in it. Really? Okay. Just, wow. Just just two floors because his mother had um, I can't remember what she had because she couldn't climb stairs. Uh, okay. she, she had some kind of degenerative disease, and so they had installed an elevator. And I only went to his house once for a Brock birthday party, and that was the main attraction in the house. Was the <laughs> go up the elevator. Yeah. Yep. Yep, Always much. is. So. Yep. And uh, these guys will do uh, a whole different spin on the elevator <laughs> <laughs> in this episode. All right. Quick reminder. We're sponsored by HalloweenCostumes.com in this episode. The largest online selection of Halloween costumes you want to be a rock star? You want to be a sexy elevator attendant? Yeah, you could probably find it over there. That's what I want to be. Costumes.com. Maybe not specifically an elevator, you know, girl, but, you know, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> there are some sexy costumes over there, let me tell you. Oh no matter what you're looking for, the best part is you save 15% by using our promo link in the show notes. Just click over. 
the savings are automatically calculated so you don't have to do a thing but click and shop and add items to your cart. Got to do it before October 31st, though. Halloweencostumes.com. Make sure you use that promo link. All right, we are continuing the second half of Season 2. We're in the top 10 of the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s. The next one comes from the 1989 album, Pump. At number 8 is Love in an Elevator by Aerosmith. Behind the music. Our spotlight today is on actually two guitarists. One that we talked about in the first half of season two, which was Joe Perry. If you listen to our, let's see, what was it? Amazing. I think I chose uh, in our season. Oh, yeah. Our 90s list. Uh, but Love in an Elevator actually features two solos. I Or there's, uh, I don't know, two guitars essentially in the so solo section. One that's Joe Perry and the other who is Brad Whitford who typically plays rhythm guitar yep. for the band. So we'll give you the story on Brad today. Brad Woodford played in local uh, Boston bands called uh, the Symbols of Resistance, Teapot Dome, Earth Inc., and Just In Time. <laughs> I love the name of that band. <laughs> Before joining Aerosmith in 1971, and he replaced the original guitarist, Ray Tabano, uh, Whitford left Aerosmith actually in 1981 to work on his own project with singer Derek St. Holmes. They just simply called it Whitford St. Holmes. Uh, the project dissolved after one album, and Brad actually toured briefly with Joe Perry, who had taken a break, was on the Joe Perry project, uh, his side project there, before they both rejoined Aerosmith in 1984. Now, here's an interesting quote from Slash. Uh, about Aerosmith. He says, quote, I had identified with Joe Perry's image, both sound-wise and visually, but I was also totally into Brad Whitford's guitar solos, and he has more direct influence on the way that I play than anybody realizes, unquote. Interesting. And it's, it, it's really funny, like, you know, you know how Slash looks. Yeah. And if you go to the Love in an Elevator music video, I mean, Joe Perry is slashed without the top hat. He's got that uh, that that black vest, no shirt, and those cow print pants. I mean, it's it's so interesting to me that Slash references those two as influences on him because he's almost like a combination of both. It's true. Uh, Joe Perry has that shaggy mess of a hair in this era you know i i swear it's slash without the top hat and just the way he plays you know they slashed those gibson les pauls you know and everything uh i don't know i always i just thought that was really cool that he uh has spoken out about uh, joe perry and brad whitford but uh whitford was included in the guitar world book um the 100 greatest guitarists of all time in 2007 he plays a lot of different guitars from Les Pauls, the Fender Strats to, uh, is it Gretsch? Yep. The uh, guitar brand. Yep. Uh, from what I can tell from the 1990 VMAs, which they performed this song, he was using a Fender Strat. But the music video, they both have Les Pauls. So I guess he uses whatever guitar he wants at the time. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. it was kind of funny to me that he... Uh, you know, and in both solos, he's using different guitars. <laughs> but uh, here's the inspiration for this song. 
according Good to Lord. Steven Tyler, in his pre-sobriety days, he said he uh, found himself in a hotel hot tub with a bevy of women. And when they moved Don't the party all. to his room, yeah, when they moved the party to his room, they all piled into a hotel elevator wearing nothing but towels and bathrobes. One of the ladies decided to have some fun and push all of the buttons in the elevator, <laughs> which brought them down to the lobby. And then, of course, oh, the girls were opening, flashing people there and the, the people in the lobby when the doors opened. So the, the lobby got a nice look there as they're going from floor to floor. But that's how, uh, that's how this song came about. Let's get personal. So you can hear our personal histories with Aerosmith uh, in that amazing episode that I talked to you about it, on the song Amazing. It was amazing to talk about, but <laughs> <laughs> the amazing song in our uh, 90s guitar solos list. But to be brief, my interest really started in the mid-80s, the, the Permanent Vacation album, and their team up, of course, with Run DMC. I've been a fan ever since then. Pump was an album I bought on cassette. Um I guess outside of Living on the Edge, it's probably my second favorite album. And as we'll get into it here in a minute, I think it's probably their best sounding album, Pump Is. Oh, yeah. um, this song, my favorite on the album. There's a few others that there's a, a what they call the Dulcimer Stomp combined with uh, Take Me to the Other Side. I remember playing that track on a jukebox out of this little hangout joint that me and my buddy Wyatt, wow, my high school yeah. friend, uh, we, we had this hangout place and they had a 45 jukebox that you could get two songs, I think for a quarter. And they had take me to the other side in that beginning part of it, uh, called the dulcimer stomp, uh, on that <laughs> jukebox. I played that all the time. But, <laughs> um, Janie's got a gun. That was a huge hit. If you remember that, uh, yes. won a bunch of awards and what it takes has been one of my favorite, like windshield karaoke songs. I mean, <laughs> I used to be able to hit all the, all the high notes that Tyler goes into those days are long gone, my friend, <laughs> long gone. But I, the mid eighties to like early nineties, Aerosmith is my sweet spot. What about you? Um, you know, Aerosmith has always been what you call a radio, a radio band for me. Um, I like everything I hear from them. I just I don't think I've ever owned a full, a full Aerosmith album. Okay. Um, I don't think I have. I take, now that I think about it, um, I mean, I can sing every, every song that comes on the radio. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, and I've heard a couple of other you know, like think songs from them that weren't that weren't singles, but I don't think I've ever owned actually owned an Smith album. Um, okay, yeah, but they're you know, which with that being said, I've seen them twice in concert, <laughs> <laughs> which they played their hits, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <so>. exactly. Uh, <laughs> I've seen them twice in concert. I just have never been like uh, you know where I buy all their albums and and you know I've just I. I haven't been that kind of a fan of them. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I think you need to put pump on when, when you do your next 100 albums in 100 days. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Just because it, it's so interesting to me. Of course, being from Boston, you know, um, there's, I don't know, there's almost like this 
Cajun or even Aboriginal <laughs> music or influence on yeah. punk. I mean, I've so many know. interesting little songs on there, and they they'll 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 pair up the hits with like these little intros. Uh, like I said, like "Take Me to the Other Side" is is one of them, which is a great um, song. There's yeah. a little hidden instrumental at the end too. I mean, it's it's such an interesting album, and you know, it, it's departed from i think that there is some I, I don't know i would almost call like southern rock influences in their earlier sure. stuff but yeah. uh it's it's so weird i love the album so much i mean <laughs> like i said get a grip i wore that thing out my high school <laughs> year my, my senior year in high school so i can't put anything above that but it's right there that's funny now that you, I mean, now that we're talking about it, I did listen to a Aerosmith song this summer, or album this summer. I listened to Rocks from Aerosmith. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In June, and uh, that's that was a tremendous album. So I don't know why. I mean, honestly, I don't know why I've never listened to Aerosmith <laughs> album wise. Just you know, I saw their videos and heard the stuff on on the radio, but I don't I don't know why I wasn't a bigger. Because I remember my college roommate, my sophomore year, was a huge Aerosmith fan. So I don't know why that didn't rub off on me, but it didn't for some yeah. reason. Yeah, Rocks is the one with "Back in the Saddle" and "Last Child," right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we'll play in one of those coming up here in our bonus oh, nice. songs. But... Okay. The breakdown. All right. Like I told you off the air, I've been waiting to break this song down for months. <laughs> you actually, you actually messaged me the other day. It's only to say that. That's all you, you said can, in the message. You're like, you, you dude, can, I, I cannot wait for this song. Yeah. Um, you can have your walk this way. You can have your dream on. You can have your number one hit, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. This <laughs> song is their best song, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, let's just start with the solo, or solos, you might say. So the first of the two solo parts when he gets to what I would call the bridge, it lasts for a full two minutes of the album <laughs> version of the song. To put that in perspective, it only takes them a minute and a half to do the intro, two verses, and two choruses before you cut away to this interlude part there in the middle that's over two minutes long. I mean, the first solo, it's Brad. It's a lot of Brad, but you can hear Joe right at the end giving some licks right at the end of his parts of that first solo huh. and then um you know I, I for the longest time i didn't notice that it was two guitars i always thought it was joe that's i'm uh, the same i'm the same i didn't know that they were both playing on this song. but they're they're both playing on the this the solos on this so you get them kind of mainly brad a little bit of joe and then at the second part of the bridge when you get Tyler uh, saying loving it and then you get Joey Kramer, he's got this awesome new pattern on the drums with that ride symbol. Yeah. It might be my favorite drum pattern ever that he, that goes into effect, but then to close out that is, is Joe, you get that, uh, that ride symbol and that, that snare and kick of just together. It's, it's so good, but you, you hear Joe kind of messing around to start, with the second part of that. And then he goes into this pattern and I think it's both of them for a while that are playing together. But again, uh, Tommy Hamilton who plays bass, he's got this real like slap bass lick 
underneath and you hear you hear tyler scream you know you get that there's a great drum fill right there and joe gets into that very bluesy it's very bluesy solo uh they got this like weird echo effect they use it a couple times in the song i hear it during joe's solo there that they just do real quick there's like an echo on him and it's I don't know. It's kind of the strangest thing. There's some weird things in the song too, but um, <laughs> if you're following along at home by the music video, this is the point where Steven Tyler's humping the stage. Uh, Joe, Joe continues. Then we get this quick little like vocal uh, interlude going down and it's real quick. And then boom, boom, and they get right back into the solo. Yeah. The radio edit of this song is three and a half minutes and basically rips off the general public by two full minutes on the album version don't ever listen to the radio edit on i don't this think song. i ever realized how long this song was on the, the music video the doesn't do album. that the music yeah, video right. is the full album version so just you know so you guys know but that oh gosh there's just so much in there that i love and just makes this aerosmith's best song just just within that two minutes where they're going back and forth with the with the guitars, you get those that crazy uh, uh, drum pattern and that slap bass just boom, boom just real on it. Oh gosh, this is just oh man, <laughs> I, I I could listen to this song over and over and over again. But you know we're giving the limelight to the two guitarists, but and and of course the ultimate frontman Steven Tyler. But my two MVPs are. Tommy Hamilton on the bass and Joey Kramer on the drums. The bass in this song is so strong. You know, when he's at the beginning and he, he's doing the mms. <laughs> uh-huh. um, <clears throat> the that pattern comes in with the uh, with the bass, and you can hear the bass too, really prominent with the whoa and the whoa yes when he's doing that. You can barely hear the other guitars. It's just Tommy Hamilton on that bass. And then you get that same pattern uh, kind of in the uh, first part of the solo as, as, the, as the first part of the song. And he breaks into this really, he's just slapping the crap out of that bass. <laughs> Bump, ba-dum, ba-dum. Slapping the crap. Ba-dum. Yeah. I, I mean, love it. Slap bass is, I, you know, there's some songs that can really pull it off and yeah. you know you want to do it when it's you, you get a really powerful song and he doesn't do it throughout this song but when he does slap it there during mainly the solo yeah so great and the drumming oh my there's so many different patterns for this song i counted at least half a dozen that he's doing at any at different parts the the chorus the verse the two during the solo i mean he's all over the place with these patterns and the 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 ride symbols the symboling itself he's riding the symbols at some point i mean oh my gosh i just i can't get enough of the they're playing and i will listen to the song i've listened to the song i don't know two dozen times <laughs> in the last couple of weeks uh you know leading up to this and i'll listen to a different i'll listen to the drums you know for instance I went out to YouTube last night and I was listening or watching people trying to cover the drums on this song. And just, it's ridiculous. There's so many patterns <laughs> they go through in this song. He's, but, he's actually he's a he's a really good drummer. 
And I remember that from seeing them live. He's really, I mean, he's just a really good drummer. Yeah, and there's even parts where he's trying to match Steven Tyler's vocals. Like, he'll change up the pattern just a little bit, add a few extra uh, hits in there as when... Uh, so it's uh i'm kind of hoping we don't get stuck and he's boop, 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 and he he adds some more to it it's incredible it's so incredible the song i'm telling you um <clears throat> I, i'm gonna go into a little bit more and i'll let you talk but right. as you can tell my voice is already gone there's <laughs> there's some kind of insane like harmonica or horn at the end of the song it's kind of in the background and it, there's like some kind of effect but it's just out of nowhere. This, it's gotta be. It's gotta be harmonica because Steven Tyler plays. I know. Harmonica. Yeah, I know he plays harmonica, but it seems yeah. so high. It almost seems like a somebody on a keyboard that's trying to that has like a horn setting or something <laughs> on there. So crazy. And then, oh gosh, the acapella ending with all five of them coming down. I mean, it, yeah. Tommy Kramer even comes down from the kit. Yeah. Um, just oh my gosh. And they, they pull that off them. live too, because I remember that. I remember they the, do it live. They yeah, do it on a lot of one I mic. That. Yeah. It's so weird now. Like I, I watched uh, them do this song just from a few years ago on YouTube. And uh, he, the, Tommy Kramer's not behind the drum kit, and Brad isn't playing with them. Uh, so it's just basically uh, Tommy and Steven and Joe. And they still do the, there are the, uh, the the vocals, the acapella at the end, but it's not the same, man. It's just not the same without all five of them there. <laughs> they try to pull it off, but right. it's I, it's this this song is just so insane. And you know, we talked a little bit about this on the ACDC episode. And going back to Brad Whitford and, and him being the rhythm guitar, there's just something to be said about rhythm guitar. Oh, yes. And, totally. and people that, you know, like in the in our bonus episode that's coming up, I talk a little bit about the simplicity of having trios like the police and Rush. And there's, there's a, a magic about having those three guys and what they can create on their own. Yes. But having that, like Malcolm Young, uh, the rhythm guitar just fills in so much more that you have that good rhythm. The other band members can really shine. And I, I really don't think Joe Perry would be quite as high on the guitar player list without Brad. I really don't. Probably not. I mean, I would agree with that statement that there's, there's a lot of bands where the rhythm, the rhythm player is adding a lot to the lead and you just don't realize it. And I, this is probably one of those situations, but just like ACDC, I mean, Angus wouldn't be the same without Malcolm. So yeah, yeah I, you, I agree you with don't that. Realize, you don't realize how much they lay down yep. the melody or just whatever. Or hold down the rhythm using. while the, while the lead is playing. While the lead is just going crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, you can hear that in just about every eighties hair band that only has one guitar player when he, with the exception of a band like Van Halen, who, that's the exception. Right. Yeah, yeah. But any band that's only got one guitar player, especially when you see them live, and he's and he drops out to play the lead, and there's no rhythm playing, it's 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 empty. And yeah, guys yeah. like and guys, you know, bands like like Aerosmith and Black 
I mean, Black Sabbath, but <laughs> ACDC that have two guitar players where the one guy's holding it down even when the, the lead is playing. Yeah. You just don't you just don't realize how much that adds to a band and to a guitar player. You you know, you everybody focuses on the lead, but nobody focuses on the rhythm player. Yeah. And, and Brad actually got a writing credit for this song and he's got uh, usually a two or three songs they'll have writing credits for. Yeah. In Aerosmith's albums, but you know, having them feed off of each other, uh, it I mean, it's like your favorite band too. There's two guitars yes. there. They're they're different, uh, and of course, one of them is likely playing rhythm while the other one is soloing, and then he yeah. can jump back and forth. It's like Def Leppard. We talked about uh, Phil and um, um, who's the other one? Um, well, shoot. first it was Steve Clark, and then it was Vivian Campbell. Right, right, right. Um, how well that they feed off of each other, and you know, every once in a while, Phil takes a lead, but having that rhythm rhythm player in there is i think so crucial yeah in some of these hits like this and, and why songs become hits and why some of the lead guitarists you, you could put guns and roses up there too why some of the lead guitarists you know oh, yeah have just gone into the stratosphere it's because yeah. you got everybody around you who's playing so well and it's just this is just like the typical rock band setup where you got a you got a front man that might play harmonica or something else but you got the rhythm you got the lead you got the bass you got the drummer yeah got everything that you need to really make a cool sound and you know i, ca I can't say enough about aerosmith they've been one of my favorite bands for a long time but going back and i, I knew i was going to pick a song from them but when i went back and just really paid attention to this song which i had never really done before and knowing that it was two players instead of one, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. So I, if, if you have anything else to add, I'll, I'll give you the floor. <laughs> I really as, don't. I mean, you're... As far as loving an elevator goes, at least. You are you are an Aerosmith fan like I am a Night Ranger fan. I could talk for, I could talk yeah, yeah. for, for an hour about, about Night Ranger, just like you, know, you can with Aerosmith. Um, like I said, I don't, you know, I don't have as much of a background with them as you do. Uh, which is why I included them on my list this summer because I wanted to hear something. Um, but you know everything that we've said is is totally on point that that uh, they're another one of those bands that the that you have to take them as a, as as a whole and not just one guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Okay. Everything, we've, everything we've said is is just, is totally on point about them. And, um, okay. it makes me, me want to go listen to some more Aerosmith now because yeah, talking about. I, you've got to listen to pump at least, yeah. um, permanent vacation is good too, but uh, pump, I just, oh gosh, I, I love it top to bottom and just everything else that they put into this album, little fun, little things, uh, that's, that makes it different from other albums too is really cool but yeah you've got to go out if if you're listening to this episode if you didn't have spotify premium you didn't hear the song go out and listen to the song this week and pay attention to everything to the guitar playing the bass the drums that middle section though when they're playing off each other is just incredible to me so go out and do that this week um number eight on our list i've I, i'm i think i should have made it higher <laughs> the more i dove into now that you're song. talking about it <laughs> Number eight is cool. I like top ten here. So it's number eight, the two solos or the two guitarists 
that make up the solo, Brad Woodford and Joe Perry. And yep. loving an elevator. Uh, some bonus songs for this episode. So we're going to highlight more from Brad Woodford in particular. And we're going to have to go back to 1976. We're going to listen to the Last Child, one of their hits, which is a great song. He's got the solo in that one. And uh, he's also co-lead in Back in the Saddle from the same Adam album. I didn't really uh, realize that either, that Back in the Saddle has a, a two-part lead in that one. So go and listen to that one again uh, as well and hear Brad and Joe going back and forth. And then back to the 80s, let's play the title track to Permanent Vacation, which is Brad's solo as well. Uh, and then on Pump, <laughs> there's a really interesting song called Voodoo Medicine Man. I want people <laughs> to hear. The lyric's a little crazy, so forgive me for that. But Brad's solo on that one too is really fun. So we're we're gonna nice. we're gonna highlight Brad in our bonus songs this week. So stay tuned. Cool. You'll hear those if you've got Spotify Premium. If you're listening outside of Spotify, the song whip links in the show notes, or just go out and find Pump and go listen to that album this week. I'd recommend just ripping through that man. It's some fun songs. There's some hits on there that you recognize, but there's some other stuff you go, what in the world am I listening to? Which makes <laughs> it great to me. So go out and do that this week. Find us on Twitter or X at Greatest Lists, on YouTube at Greatest Lists, of course our website, GreatestListPodcast.com. Leave us a comment. And Eric, coming back for show number seven, and our uh, we're getting closer, man. We're we're in there. So we're close. getting to some heavy hitters. Yes. Now, and we're going to be under a full moon for sure on number seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's gonna be a fun one so yes. thanks for listening to greatest lists we look forward to continuing our list of the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s in our next episode you've been listening to the greatest lists